Hi, Shelly. Welcome. Hello. Thanks Thank for you having me. Yes, girl. Thank you so much for joining us again. I'm so excited. I get to talk to you twice in two weeks. It's like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, welcome back to Parenting on Purpose. I'm really excited to have the artist of the soul, Miss Shelly Hank with us today. We have a real treat for you guys. Um, she is a wholeness coach and she works a lot with trauma. So we're going to be unpacking some uh, some pretty serious topics that we deal with as parents. And she does it in the most loving and fun way. I just know you'll fall in love with her the way that I have um, through our conversations. So uh, Shelly, usually to kick off, if you just want to introduce yourself a little bit, um, let our people know a little bit about you, and then we'll just kind of riff from there. Awesome. Well, again, thanks for having me and thank you to all the listeners and mindful parents out there doing the greatest work ever in the world. I believe that parenting and mothering is the highest calling we will ever, ever have. And, um, and so it's, it's sacred work and it's so important to really show up for this work. So I love that. So a little bit about me is, um, I, my background is in nursing. Uh, I was a nurse for 18 years. Um, I am a homeschool. I don't know if I can be counted as homeschool mom anymore. I homeschooled my children from, <laughs> um, kindergarten through graduation. Um, and so they're grown now and have a lot of experience, uh, as a homeschool mom. And then, um, I'm an artist and, um, I, um, just love helping people. I mean, really, I feel like that's what I was born to do. So, and that's kind of that combination of like that nurse and the artist in me kind of comes together in the artist of the soul. So that's awesome. I've had a personal uh, transformation of just walking out a trauma journey um, throughout my life in, in healing and wholeness and um, stepped out of nursing about five years ago. Um, and I did uh, all sorts of certifications and things to qualify me to do this work, but really it's the practical life experience, honestly, and me walking out my own trauma journey that has given me the insight that I have. It's so cool how that happens, right? So first of all, I see such commonality with like coaches and and nurses. I think um, I think we all start off like this is a gift I want to give. What's the most um, straightforward path, like linear path to do that? And in a lot of cases, that was the nine to five like jobs we were all taught. So I think nursing right. is a great starting point. And then people start to understand like there's still there's still something missing here. There's still something I need to develop. But I'm just amazed at how many people I've met in your community that start off <laughs> nursing and then it kind of evolves into something else, which is amazing. Yes. Um, and then you mentioned, okay, so what I'm really curious about is how you started to make this transformation through your own paths. Like, I think that's something that as adults, we all have gifts um, and we're not always so great at like determining what our own gifts are. Like as parents, we're great at telling our children what their gifts are, but you seem to have found your inner your inner gift, and now you're able to help parents um, with that. So um, that's what we're all about here is parenting on purpose. And I think it would be really cool to learn a little bit um, of your knowledge, your tribal knowledge of um, what you've learned through the years of helping your clients with tra trauma in parenting, um, how, how trauma is even caused, because I think that's a huge misunderstanding. And then maybe we can just play with that a little bit and see as parents how we can help our children through those, you know, through those, those challenges and, and ourselves, right? Yeah, sure. absolutely. Well, and to heal ourselves is to heal our children, you know, and, and that's why okay. our own personal healing work is paramount because if you heal yourself, you will heal your children. That's awesome. And um, that has become, 
you know, really my, my battle cry is that, you know, I, that's why I heal, you know, because of my love for my children, because of my love for helping them to realize their dreams and, and, um, their potential and the best, most loving thing we can do for humanity is to work on our own healing. It's awesome. Yeah. Do you find that a lot of people try to like, like glaze over that and they're just really focused outward and it's like the crying child inside. Yes. (laughs) We love to cover up our trauma. Like in our culture, we're not comfortable with uncomfortable things. We're not comfortable with admitting our weaknesses, admitting our wounds or anything like that. So, um, it's, it's like looked at as a sign of weakness. If you don't have it all together and you don't have the picture perfect house and you don't have the picture perfect kids and, and all this, but inside people are like, dying inside and putting themselves to sleep with like wine and sleeping pills, you know, and as a nurse, that's what I, that's what I encountered, you know, and really it was watching this unfold, you know, it's like, you're like, there is a bigger picture here. And this, the diagnosis is not the problem. What's at the root of the problem. And even what happened with me was, um, I actually got chronically ill. Um, up until, um, you know, this point when I got my personally became chronically ill, I was, I thought I had it. I thought I had it going on. I thought I was handling it. I thought I was doing all (laughs) the things, you know, I was a nurse. I owned a photography studio. I was a homeschool mom. You know, I really thought I had it going on. Um, and this was in about 2010, um, I, my health broke down my physical, I developed all sorts of strange symptoms, neurological symptoms, unexplainable, you know, they're talking like maybe MS, maybe fibro, maybe, you know, right. Um, I had chronic daily migraines, uh, which I don't know, that's different than regular migraines. Chronic daily migraines is you have a migraine headache every almost every day of your life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. (laughs) Yeah. I would pass out randomly. Um, heart would go into an irregular rhythm. It, it was just, it was a a mess. So I'm going to all these doctors, right. For a year, I had two surgeries, went to every specialist man. Right. And here I am a nurse. That's kind of what I was thinking as you're saying this, like, this must be like a really like come to Jesus moment for you as you are going through your own journey. Like, is this, is this working? This isn't working. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And I, you know, I, I did it for a while because, you know, that's how I was trained. I was trained as a traditional nurse. I was a traditional mom. I was like, you're sick. You go to the doctor, you get a pill, you get a surgery, you get a test. They tell you what's wrong with you. You do the things. You fix the symptom and it moves on. It doesn't fix the cause. (laughs) Right. Right. And so that really introduced me and awakened me to really the, the big picture of how old were your kids at this time? Um, about, let's see, I think my son was 12 and, um, I think my daughter was like nine. So you're like in the throes of parenthood, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Continue. I'm traipsing them around every doctor's appointment with me. Right. Because homeschool mom, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there, you know, um, I remember passing out at a drive through, oh, uh, wow. when they're in the back seat with me, you know, it was, it was 
a lot. And um, there were days that I could, it was, I couldn't even get out of bed. You know, there were days that they had to go to the emergency room with me uh, because I was so oh, wow. sick, yeah. you know, and crazy. it really was crazy. And, you know, after a while of that, you, you start to ask questions, <laughs> you know, um, my tipping point was I went to the doctor, the neurologist. He had tried me on a medication. The medication was making me worse. It was actually causing a bunch of other symptoms that were not good. And as a nurse, I'm like, obviously this is not working. Right. So I went to my neurologist, told him what was happening and he increased my dose of that medication and then sent me to, gave me a referral to go to another doctor because I was having gastrointestinal issues. Um, that's the side effect that the wow. medication was causing. So he sent me to a gastroenterologist and increased the medication, the dose of the medication that was causing the symptoms. And that day I walked out of there yeah, and I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm just done. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I'm assuming this, this kind of made you ha- like go into a different, like wholeness journey. Cause you, know, you mentioned you're into like the yes. treating the total, treating the total being, not just person. the symptom. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've always been a person of faith. You know, that's been a huge part of my life for a long time. Um, yeah. I actually lost a patient when I was a brand new nurse, only six months into nursing, 20, what, 22 years old. Um, I, I witnessed a mom and baby die right in front of my eyes. Oh my God. A nurse. Um, then I was blamed <laughs> for their death and um, accused of not giving good care, which then went to court. And it wow. was like definitely wow. full on PTSD symptoms. I was having nightmares, all of this. Um, and so when, when you mentioned your trauma walk, like this is a part of it. All a part of it. This um, is That's that's intense. Yeah. It, it was really intense. Yeah. So that, that actually scenario with the mother and baby is what led me into my faith journey because wow. I was just like, what is, yeah, I can imagine is even the point what? of life, you know, it started, it started getting me asking all those questions. And so faith has always been a big part of my life, but that day at that neurologist's office, I was so mad. Like I was furious. <laughs> Yep. And I'm so thankful for my anger and my fury because anger and fury at at injustices are actually what changed the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went home and I was just, you know, praying and asking for guidance. And I, I heard in my spirit, treat yourself like a houseplant with complicated emotions. Treat yourself like a houseplant with complicated emotions. (laughs) And I was like, Okay. You know, so I, I began to do that. Then I was led, you know, into, you know, really supernaturally, I was driving down the road, never had ever paid attention to this very small little health food store that's in our community. Never even thought to go in there. I mean, I thought they were like, you know, doing weird stuff. I didn't, you know, just as a nurse, that was not in my, they're making teachers and like, you know, um, it just really wasn't even in my awareness, you know, and all of a sudden I'm driving down the road and it's just like, I just like pull in and it's just like this here you go, you know, this is where wow. you're going, go in there and they're going to help you. So I don't want to, I don't want to take like a huge segue because I love this stuff. Like angel numbers, like that is like, that's like my jam. So 
I'll work. I'll, I will get us back to this road, but g- give me a quick, like now like you're a woman of faith. Now that you've walked this journey, like I know in the moment, right. Cause like a lot of us are parents, we're dads, we're moms. We are like in the thick of that parenthood. And it's really hard sometimes to really, you know, see the trees through the forest or whatever that analogy is. Um, yeah. Like at the moment it must've felt like, like so overwhelming. Like, I don't understand why this would happen to me, but now that you have walked through the path and you look back at it like do you look at something at like even though it was really awful in the moment do you look at that as kind of like a turning point for the better and helped you now to serve your patients better and your clients yes because i used my experience to actually create in combination with with science and spirituality to create uh, my own uh, methodology your that curriculum at school um yeah cool. which is um i call it backwards is beautiful right oh, so I, I actually take people back through their their stories their journey right and yeah. do the story work um, so that not, not to heal it, right. Not to fix it because I don't, I don't believe that that's really what we need to be doing. Um, actually I see sometimes people, if you, if you do not engage your past properly, it can actually re-traumatize you. Um, so yeah, I want to ask, I want to pause there because that that's a really good point. Like I've done so many meditations or like, um, like uh, mental connections where you're talking to your higher self and it's like you go back through the the moment and this is not that's not just necessarily just trauma but this can also be like limiting beliefs right like right. I don't I'm not good enough um I have not achieved enough I won't they won't ever love me whatever that is for the person um right. and you kind of go back through it and then you you like over narrate it like you speak over it and then mm-hmm. it's supposed to like all of a sudden be done um I don't know if that works for people. So what have you seen in your experience? Like are like, what is the proper way that you've seen work? I would love to learn that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I believe is actually what we, we, we should not try to heal, fix our trauma. What we need to do is accept our trauma. Okay as our whole story. So it's understanding the whole story of us, right? That's, that's what I do as the artist of the soul. I'm not there to fix or heal. I help people understand, right. To make meaning and to integrate (laughs) because trauma is a wound, right? It's, it's, that's what the word trauma means in the, you know, in the Greek. So, um, it means wound. And when you're wounded, what happens is you become disintegrated. So, right. So meaning, um, you, you detach from who you really are. You detach from your true identity. You, you detach in order to survive. Wow. When you understand the whole story of you, right. What it, what you're doing is you're integrating your past. You're reattaching into your your whole self. Right. To your whole self. So that's why my, my, uh, business, you know, my, my studio is whole soul studio. So there's ways to go about that. Right. So you can do it through writing, through photography, through art. Um, and really the quickest way to access your subconscious is through, uh, music, through writing, through art, through poetry. Seems like it's through flow state. 
whatever creativity flow, whatever that is for you, whether that's like guys on the grill or fishing or for us painting or writing or me cooking, like whatever that flow is for you, maybe not cooking. <laughs> it could be, it could be for some people. It's definitely not for me, but um, I just, I just find that when you engage your story in that way from a creative standpoint. So that's why I say I'm the artist of the soul, because what most people want to do, they want to come out their trauma stories there. Um, and it's not just trauma is not just the horrible events that happened to you. I think that that's, we need to say that because as parents, parenting children, yes. right, we need to understand that your child's nervous system is literally being created from zero, well, in utero, honestly, um, to age seven. Wow. That is your most critical time. So a lot of times people think, oh, well, that happened to me when I was a baby or that happened to me when I was three and I don't even remember it, right? Like your family lived through a house fire when you were three and you think it doesn't affect you. Yes, it mm -hmm. does. Because mm -hmm. it left an imprint on your nervous system. Think of a tree, right? A tree has rings for every year it's alive. Yeah. And if there's famine, if there's, you know, a drought, if there's, you know, some fire that comes through or something, the rings in the tree show that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your nervous system is a lot like that in that it's, it's growing and it's developing and expanding up until age like 27. Wow. Okay. So like for me and my story, when I started to go backwards, right. And God started showing me like going back. Cause I just, I just had things happen and I was just like, just keep moving, just keep being happy. Just keep busy. Right. Just keep busy. You know, busy is a trauma response, but, yeah, but you weren't happy. You like, you were just, you were pushing I had disconnected from my true emotions. And I did not allow myself to feel. I just have to say, like, as you were talking about this, what comes into my heart and my awareness is like, we have to, as a society, be predominantly broken or disassociated. Like, <laughs> like it's kind of amazing. We haven't like imploded. Like that's crazy. We're about on the precipice of implosion. It's yeah. really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, I'm a pretty happy person, but as you're talking, I'm like, well, you know, it's like, it's like those infomercials at night. I'm like, oh crap, that's me. That's me. That's me. Oh, I had this thing. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, oh. yeah. I and have so whatever. I admit, you know, I did, I was like, oh yeah. Trauma. Like it, the, my story, right. My story was like, trauma is something that happens to weak people. It doesn't happen. Oh. to me. If you were stronger, you, you know, you just need to be stronger than the stuff that happens to you. That was, you know, very stoic. Um, Which in a way is it, it's your response. That was your trauma that's response. What I did like, to survive. Kind of and when it. you hear my story, you'll understand why. So I, you know, I started out, brace yourself guys, at 12 years old. Okay. Ending up in an abusive relationship with a boy. Oh God. Um, yeah. Um, emotionally abusive, sexually abusive physically abusive. I mean, he was actually borderline crazy now that I, that I understand. Now you know, that you're an adult. I think, yeah. I think he had a, um, a, a mental health problem. He ended up dying in a tragic car accident. Jeez. He was 16. I was 12. Okay. So that, that starts out. Um, then I, um, end up getting into another, um, abusive relationship. Right. 
Um, then I watch a mother and baby die in front of me, right? My, my grandma dies of a sudden heart attack and just boom, she's gone, you know, and my mom finds her, you know, that whole tragic, you know, scenario. Um, then my, uh, dad committed suicide and I witnessed it. Yeah. Wow. By, by gun. Right. Um, so many things as a nurse that I, that I witnessed, like so much trauma as a nurse, like nurses just endure, if you're in acute care, you're just enduring trauma all the time and you don't even call it that you just, you have to be blind to it in order to get done. I I work in healthcare. Like I, you have to be blind to it in order to get done what you need to do. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And even as like a young, like I was 15, I worked in a nursing home. I mean, I saw people you know, wasting away and uh, just things that most 15 year olds are not going to see. Right. Then uh, my brother um, got wrapped up in drug addiction and I watched him, you know, destroy himself from that. So, I mean, when you put all those things together, right. That's not only PTSD. I was also, also in a car accident that was almost killed me. Right. So, I mean, there's multiple, multiple layers, right? So I just had this thought, like, you just keep going, you just keep moving forward. You just had, it was survival, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I just learned to disconnect from my feelings and nursing actually teaches you to do that. Like the nursing profession (laughs) teaches you to do that because it's almost like being in, in war, you know, you, you can't, there's not time to sit around and, and lick your wounds, you know? Right. So what happened was my head and heart disagreed and my body told on me. So my, basically what happens is your body is the expression of your subconscious mind and it tells on you, you can lie to your brain, but you, to your mind and you can tell yourself you're okay, but it will always come out. The truth will always be told. And it comes out in things like cancer and fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue and MS and all the itises and all, you know, diabetes and obesity and eating disorders and alcoholism. That's how it comes out. So if your head and your heart are not in alignment, your body will tell on you. I I heard this thing. It's um, an Indian um, healer. And he said, like, if you want to, if you want um, a glimpse into your future health, look at your health of your mind today. And if you want, um, understanding of the way your body physically is today your health of your body look at the health of your mind five years ago because your your cells are like legitimately generating this is incredible because emotions are actual physical things the work of candace pert um you know she's a researcher she she uh is the one that actually helped to develop opioids and you know stuff like that um that's a whole nother she kind of accidentally discovered this is that emotions are actual physical things they're proteins in your body your emotions are stored in your organs of your body yeah. your tissues of your body so when y- your body is screaming at you right then we go to the doctor and we get a pill and we get yeah. a diagnosis and then we're like oh it's my xyz and this is my pill that i take for my xyz but nobody ever goes deeper to to ask and what i want to call out is like i remember being in college and i took a class um it was one of the best classes i've ever took it was um it it was like a it was literally a class on addiction you had to take like some kind of like humanities and i learned about like dysfunctional families um 
you know, like that for what it is. Right. And Mm -hmm. if you had a role in a dysfunctional family, like you at the, in the young relationship as a 12 year old, you now, you now understand your role is that person. You're either the enabler or you're the, you know, me rat of whatever like topics there are. And you're going to, and I see this in friends and family and and like people all over. I'm sure it's in myself too. Like you, you continue to play those roles in other relationships, the fixer, right? Like whatever that is. And what I think we're not seeing is you're actually calling that in, like energetically, you are setting that stage. Um, So I think it's very remarkable that you, so for someone who's gone through so much trauma physically, that you've actually been able to like now reintegrate and associate with that and really get the whole story because I could see it being very possible that someone would just be like, okay, I'm just done. Like this is so disenchanting. Um, But, but as a parent, I, I think, and to give you a little bit of my background, my 15 year old is adopted uh, into my, she's my husband's um, second cousin. So love the family. We're all very good relationship, amazing, incredible people. Uh, But it was an opportunity for us to bring this beautiful child into our life. And I was a kid, I was like 22 um, when she came into my life and it just made me think differently about parenting. And she's um, Samoan and Native American and she just got this incredible soul. And Mm -hmm. I think about those type of things. Like when I start to see, first of all, you have to be aware. Like if I start to see she's becoming um, any of these roles or or what's played out in her life thus far, um, even your kids at school getting bullied or whatever that looks like, there's a role that they're playing and helping them integrate into that so they can be okay with their whole person. I mean, and we can get up a whole different tangent about like schooling and socialization and what that does, because that's scary in itself. But for the majority of our listeners, their kids are probably in public school. Um, So when they come home, like how do we help them find that in themselves in order for them to be okay with that and let that be a part of who they are? That's such a beautiful question. And I love that. I love that question. Um, So the answer is re-regulation. So the beautiful thing about humans is humans can endure pretty much anything. Okay. We are super resilient. Okay. Even children. However, what creates, so just because you've experienced trauma does not mean you're going to develop, you're going to be traumatized, right? Or you're going to develop like PTSD or some type of long-term problem from it. Humans can actually endure incredible trauma, but they will not be traumatized based on whether or not somebody is there with them, present with them, in their story, hearing them, which is uh, really to help them to become attuned. Okay. So think of like your child, like an instrument right? You're, you're the tuning fork, right? You have the ability to help your child become attuned. And what they're doing is what they need to see in you is that they're safe, they're secure, they're soothed, right? And they're seen, see your child. And it's so hard because unconsciously we're just like, we're in our own trauma. We're in our own responses. We're in our own triggers. And we're just like, right. Trying to get through the day. Which is why you say you have to heal yourself first. Like you have to be present. It's you have to. And awareness is the key to everything. So always checking in. What am I feeling? Where am I at? What's happening right now? Where am I right now? So that you can identify the, your awareness and, and be in the observer seat of 
of your experience of life. So you can be that attunement for your child, wow. you know, and that was something I completely missed, um, as, as a parent. I mean, I think I most of us do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, I wish I would have understood these things. I think I did good based on what I had, Yeah. but now that I know, and, and, so I'm educating my own children about this now so that when they're having children, they know. And, but, but at least you have the wherewithal and now you're able to do this for your, your, um, clients and your patients and the people that are in your care because they're, they're still in the thick of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is, this is really cool stuff. So, so if I understand correctly, trauma is not, um, is not necessarily just the, um, just the act itself of something happening to you, but it's the way that it's internalized. So we need to be present to understand that our children, like what that means to them, you have to be attuned enough with your kids to say, this could have been traumatic. And then Mm -hmm. if that is the case, you have to sit down with them in a way that makes them feel safe and secure, present. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and then they're um, capable of walking through your feelings, or I guess that's the piece we have yeah, to look at. Welcome to. them, right? So a lot of times we're like, our kids are angry, right? And we're like, don't be angry. That's not nice, right? Yeah. You have to let the, you have to allow the emotions and then you have to listen and then you have to attune. So a lot of times what we do as parents is they're angry and then we want to scream back because we're triggered and we're like, yeah, right. (laughs) And we're stressed. What you want to do with a child that's throwing a tantrum and that's angry, that's dysregulated. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because children, especially the younger that they are, they don't have the ability to regulate themselves. They have to have you to regulate them. So if you are not regulated in your own emotions and you are dysregulated, which is the number one symptom of trauma, right? Then you can't attune and regulate your child's emotions. So bring your voice down, get down on their level, look them in the eyes, you know, gently take some deep breaths check in with yourself. Where am I at? Right. Where am I at in this story? Right. Breathe, check in with yourself and then know that you're attuning them and that their nervous system is being formed by your reaction. That's crazy. That's so crazy. (laughs) This is a really good place to take a quick break. I have a few questions that people wrote in, so I'm going to grab those and then um, we'll, we'll restart this up in just one second. All right. Sounds great. All right. Welcome back. We are, uh, got our caffeine and our questions. We're ready to go. <laughs> yes. This is awesome. So, um, we shared with our community, uh, that we would be speaking. And one of the questions that was written in was about, um, the topic of helping parents become aware and healing themselves so that they can be present for their children. And I know we were talking a little bit about that. Do you have any tactical tools or, um, or things that you use with your clients to help them with that journey? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I really do believe that awareness is everything. Okay. Right. So the first step is awareness. So notice when you're getting triggered, um, when you're checking in with your body, are you feeling tight in your throat? Are you feeling chest, shoulders, neck, stomach? You know, your body is always speaking. We disconnect from our body and we go up into our head and then we're just in our head all the time. Right. And especially people who have experienced trauma, they go into their head as a survival mechanism. So get into your body, check in with your body um, and notice 
what is happening when you're triggered and keep a journal of it. Okay. Because what, what will, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but uh, you know, maybe what triggers you isn't what triggers your husband. Mm-hmm. Right. Even like within the parenting realm, like something that the kids do triggers you doesn't trigger your husband, vice versa. Right. Something triggers your husband doesn't trigger you. And you're like, it's not a big deal. What's, you know, <laughs> what's the problem? Calm down. Right. And you don't understand. Well, what happens is when we're triggered, so you'll notice triggers, you'll notice a physiological response. You'll have a heart rate increase, a tense, you know, something happens. That's a trigger that's stored in your nervous system. Your job is to connect the dots mm-hmm. of noticing, oh, when this happens, I get, I feel this and I get triggered. So that's a very beginning step. Um, and, and then, you know, just very practical, simple things is, are you well-nourished? Is your blood sugar balance right for your children as well? (laughs) Okay. So this is for sure for them. Yeah. Crazy nutrition will not work if you're trying to have a mindful healed whole home, right? So are your blood sugars balanced? Are you eating whole, you know, healthy nutrition? Yeah. Are you getting sleep? Are you getting hydration? Are you getting sunshine? Are you getting enough outside time? Um, are you taking your shoes off and going all, out into the earth? Earthing, and, yeah, man. Yeah. Earth, love it. Those, those things, you know, yeah. we really underestimate how powerful those yeah. things are, but we really are houseplants with complicated emotions. We really yeah, that are. Was beautiful. It's so <laughs> interesting because I'm in the woo-woo stuff. Like I'm all into that. I love, I love me some woo-woo. Like that plant shop you talked about, or that I would have been like all up in that, would have Googled that stuff the second I'm into that town. <laughs> But I know a lot of people aren't, but that's why I love this, whether it's like spiritual or or religion, it's like, it works like gravity, whether you believe it or not, it's like kind of like irrefutable science. So mm-hmm. even if it's not something you're, you notice or that you're necessarily into, but you take your kids outside when they're upset and you just notice, Hey, they're just outside playing and you don't have to know why it works, but we are neurological beings. We have electromagnetism and so does the earth. So let it work. It's, you don't have to know how it works. Yeah. It just does. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, I love to blend the science and spirituality together. So, you know, that that's my jam and that's how I see the the world, you know? Um, And what I find is to me, science is spirituality and spirituality is science. I don't believe that they're two separate things. I believe they're the same thing told in two different stories, two different ways. Um, And so if you think about how we lived even a hundred years ago, right? Even our grandparents, how they lived, um, they they didn't have things, they didn't have earthing, foresting. They just that's just how they lived. They didn't need right? to, they didn't right? Have they... Organic, non-organic. That's just how they lived, right? Uh, and and so it's it's getting sunshine was just part of what you did, Life, you right? Know? It was, yeah, and even just. I mean, we're in a new era. Well, like parents are, they're pioneers right now because this is the kind of the first kind of generation that's growing up with full technology. Um, It is a different world than what we grew up in. So we don't have a reference for it. Exactly. if, If you just think like connect with your instinct that you know, that you know, that you know, 
you're a living organism. You need water. Your yeah. child is a living yeah. organism. Right. They need water. They need sunshine. Like literally they're a plant. So just, if you think like that, it doesn't have to be woo woo at all. Yeah. It, it can just be very practical. Right. Yeah. I love that because we like, we get so caught up and so in like the rat race and the keeping up with the Joneses or like, however you want to like, look at that. And you could think like, Oh, like this new PS4 game or like, I don't know, my kids three. So like this monster truck or like whatever that thing is like, yeah. they don't need that. Like they don't need those, that thing, that thing is just going to complicate their life. Like they need you, they need like proper nourishment and connection. Uh, it's just, but because we're so disconnected, I love what you said about like, we're pioneers. And I think that's why this journey is so important for me. Like I'm, I'm creating a snack brand of healthy foods. Like why, why is such an emphasis on this? And I'm like, the food is one tool right, to help with this parenting journey, but the real tools come in these conversations because I don't feel like we're equipped. We're not taught this stuff. You talk to your parents, my parents, God love them. They're some of my best friends. They were yeah. like, yeah, you know, that time you like caught your face on a, on a <laughs> wire net. And I'm like, what? Like, like it just wasn't di- like, I don't know if that ever happened. Mom, I love you. You're probably watching this. This <laughs> is an example. Like, yeah. We were like free range chickens, you know, yeah, there it was just, you know, out there in the wild, you know, I mean, it kind of seemed like that, like they, it was just a different world, you know, but what we learned was resiliency. What exactly. we learned was that we are capable and powerful. And our right. children need that too. We need to allow exactly. our children to take risks. We need to allow our children to experience disappointments and stop making, stop trying to make everything so perfect for them. Because, yeah, because that's justice that's a terrible injustice. And then if there's no valleys, you can't appreciate the peaks of life. Okay. So we're talking about trauma. So I'll give you a real life example. Um, hi, I'm Caitlin. I'm a bad mom. Hi, Caitlin. So (laughs) the other, the other day, my son rides with me on my daughter's scooter at night. We go on a little, it's electric. He wears a helmet, right? Like we try and do those things. Um, he's, he was dancing and he fell off and we had to go to the ER. Like he twisted his ankle pretty heavily and he got skid marks all over, like his like legs got all scuffed up. And Mm. I made him get back on the scooter because I didn't want him to have trauma that the scooter was evil. I wanted him to understand we are sovereign beings. We made the decision to wiggle and dance when we were told not to, and we fell off and we're going to take care of you and we're going to provide you the right care, but the scooter is not to blame. Like, you know, I, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I don't want him to, to be afraid of things because he gets a scuff. I want him to understand, okay, I made a decision. That decision had a consequence. I will make a better decision next time. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't been back on the scooter since that happened, <laughs> but I, I don't want him to be afraid. And that made me think of it when we're talking about trauma. Like you said, it's not necessarily the thing. It's how we integrate what happens. And like, right. you know, we're talking about parents and kids, like scuffs and, and those type of things are very real or an interaction with a kid at school, um, like yeah. a bully, for example, like it might not necessarily be the interaction, but it's the internalization of that eight-year-old, like t- to him, or someone telling your kid that's something about them. And now they're internalizing that in themselves. Like as parents, we have to find that and help them. So that was actually one of the questions we got was when you do notice that your kid has something like some type of traumatic response. Um, and I think in this case, it had to do with maybe um, an interaction with friends um, in this parent's case, like n- you're not there at the moment. So you can't 
necessarily be present, be on their level at that moment. How do you do something after the fact to help them integrate? Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing is to listen without trying to fix. Okay. Okay. That's the hardest thing because parents yeah. want to fix, they want to mm-hmm. swoop in and fix it. And they want to make the feeling go away right now because seeing their child in pain or, you know, hurting hurts them. Yeah. Right. So oftentimes we just want to swoop in. We want to fix, we want to just make you not feel like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's go get ice cream. You know, I'm sorry. Let's go get ice cream. Let's, you know, we don't want you to feel X, Y, Z feels right. Right. Because essentially what we're telling them is your feelings are not welcome. Your big feelings are not welcome here. They make me uncomfortable. And and since I'm not whole and I don't know how to deal with it, I can't let you be whole. So now we're going to break, I'm going to break you too. Like, this is so like, (laughs) teach you this stuff, guys. Like, I don't want everyone to have to go through these traumatic life experiences in order to have these realizations. Like, this is the stuff we need to equip our parents with. This is mind blowing to me. And I think we're talking about trauma, but money doesn't grow on trees. Um, Little girls are best seen, not heard. Like, yeah, a number of them, all that BS stuff that makes me want to throw a finger in the air. Um, those type of things. But what we don't realize is y'all, we are doing this to our kids at some level. And I'm remiss if I said that I'm not right. Like we are all doing it at some level. So if we don't understand that we can't be present about it, we can't fix it. Um, that's crazy, man. Yeah. We're, we're not allowing them to express themselves because of how we don't understand we're unconscious. So that's making us uncomfortable. So now we, now we're hurting them. That's nuts. And we we can often say things that, that injure further, right? Like it's not that big a deal. Just go over it. Just tell them to, you know, X, Y, Z they're whatever. Like we just kind of brush it off. Like, well, if you were stronger, it wouldn't hurt your feelings. Basically that's what we're telling them. Right. But then, you know, somebody looks at us cross-eyed, you know, at work and, and we're like telling ourselves. Right. Oh, we're the, we're the wounded child in the situation. We're, we're, we're going and, and, you know, nursing our wounds. Right. But we don't allow our children that same privilege. And so the, the key is really to make them feel seen and heard. Okay. Allow their feelings allow them to be expressed, allow them to be angry, allow them to be hurt, to be sad, to whatever, validate, right? Validate them in that, like, that must be really hard. That must feel really awful. Tell me, tell me about how that's making you feel, right? Because the feeling is an emotion, right? Mm-hmm. Energy and motion. The energy has to move through your body. It's got to move. Or right. it's going to get stored, right? So it's going to get stored as trauma. So what you can do is engage it. Don't push it away, engage wow. it. And then um, you can actually teach them how to engage the emotion, feel it all the way through and release it. You know, that is um, really what you want to do. And then, and then this is very important. You want to make sure that, and this really goes for, adults and children, right? Like we're doing, we're always reparenting ourselves, right? Um, But what you want to do is help them to understand that they are the locus of control. They are the center of their experience. 
So I love that nobody can make them feel X, Y, Z, unless they give them the power and show them how they're actually the powerful force in their life. They're the creator in that, that story. They get to decide what they want to do with it and how they want to respond and what meaning they want to make of it. And this is depending on how old the child is, right? If they're young, you know, young, you're, you're not, you're just going to help regulate them. You're going to see them. You're going to say, I'm sorry, validate their feeling. And then you're going to embrace, you're going to. That it's okay. It's okay. You can be upset right now. Like my, my son Gabriel likes to be angry. He's like, right. I'm like, he's like, right now I just want to be angry. I'm like, all right, let's be angry. We're not going to be angry at me. We're going to go to the pillow and you can just be angry there. (laughs) Yeah. Let them be angry, but show them how to be angry on purpose, doing it well. And the best way that we can healthy anger and that we're not showed healthy grief. We're not shown healthy because truthfully in the West, we are disconnected. Like as a culture in the West, we are disconnected from feelings. We're disconnected from really spirituality, from beauty, from all of those kind of things that you can't see. We are disconnected from that. The East is much more into that kind of thing. Right. And, um, in the West, we put performance and proving and achieving and money divine masculine. Yeah. Over everything. Yeah. We're very much, you know, in that masculine. And when you're, when you're in that proving and everything's for an image and you have to produce and you have to be productive. And so everything kind of becomes Basically what parents can inadvertently do if that is their subconscious belief, right? And that is what they're internalizing and they haven't healed their wounds. They put that on their children and their children become an expression of their performance. So they feel like if my wow. child doesn't perform that of course. We all, we've all seen the guy, like, you know, his kid out there, he's like doing like suicides on the field, like everyone's trying to live vicariously through their kid, right? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and really that's such a disservice to who our children are because our yes. children come through us. Right. They, they right. don't come to us. They come through us. They do not belong to us. I love that distinction. That's a very Eastern um, sentiment is we're not like we're not their keeper. We're, we're there to help them through the world, but they're not out to do our bidding. Right. I right. think that's, I think that's very important. Yeah. You mentioned something a second ago and you mentioned at the beginning of the call about like the anger and feeling the feeling, the feels, I think because we're all in a place where we're just, I, I kind of say like, we're kind of like dumbing ourselves down or hedging to like the, the middle of the road, right. Everything like, don't be too great. Don't be like, this. like you might yeah. want them at the beginning, like, I'll oh, be the best soccer player or whatever but as kids get older you start to hedge them like you start to like put them into this like box yeah so we were talking about emotions like as a parent with a kid in the like you know that age of life like I think it's important that people understand that those are not bad emotions I, I once heard this um, TED talks uh, about a woman she was really cool she was also very um spiritual she was talking about the different energetic um uh like frequencies of different emotions so Mm -hmm. like you have like love which is like the highest it was like in the hundreds and then you at the very very bottom opposite end of the spectrum you had like despair or depression and it was like very low vibes like 50 or something like that right Mm -hmm. um so when you look at where anger actually sits on that scale it's actually a higher emotion but to Mm -hmm. your point you have to know how to use it 
or it can become self-deprecating and it can become, you know, like, as you say, you almost said like it was like um, divine intervention where like you, something in you is saying, hey, my moral compass is off here. I'm upset about it. I need to reposition. And yeah. I think once I understood that, I looked at out, outbursts of anger very differently because yeah. it's him stating, this is not my happy, normal self. I don't like this place. Right. I don't know how to get there, mom. I'm too. Help me get there. <laughs> right. And instead yeah. of that, I'm I'm in the grocery store trying to get my list done. And I'm like, oh, this woman was looking at me badly. Like, yeah, so you have, yeah. like you said, it, it can't be about that. You have to really be present for your child to be like, cool. If this means we're going to both sit on the floor in the aisle five and and scream for five seconds, let's do it. Like, I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get through this and let's move on and we'll help you. <laughs> well, and, and something that we don't like to admit, I, I know I don't, I, I'm did not like this, this answer, but our children, our young children, infants, toddlers, you know, that, that are closest connected to us, right. Before they really have their own kind of thing going on. Um, they're an expression of mostly the mother. Right. And so, uh, I mean, or the primary caregiver, but you know, it's, it's, so they're picking up on your every, emotion they're they cannot attune themselves they do not have the ability or the neurological ability to do that they have to get their attunement from you so if you have you know that going on wow that's just that's that's almost like a like an expression of your own stuff and who doesn't have that going on? I mean, like everybody, right? I don't even know if Mother Teresa had children for that reason, but she's like, this is yeah, I can't like, be a oh, mom. <laughs> I know. I was like, dang, I wish I would have known that I was literally forming my child's nervous system from zero to seven. Cause I would have done a lot of things differently. Like when, and that starts in utero. Yeah. Okay. So when I was pregnant with my firstborn in utero, I was working as a brand new labor and delivery nurse. Oh. My, oh my second God. week, I was, I remember the second week of the job, I was very newly pregnant, like first trimester. I, we had a major emergency prolapse cord. I was freaking out. Like I had never, you know, <laughs> I was with the mentor, thank God. But, you know, I just, that affected that, that experience, right? Affects your child's nervous system. And my son is definitely on the anxious spectrum. He is definitely on the high strung spectrum. And when I think about his pregnancy compared to my daughter's pregnancy, night and day, and mm-hmm. their personalities are you see that right with parents. Like if the parents chill, the kid's pretty chill. Um like you said it, it's a you said it in terms of like children, like babies, like young toddlers, they're a reflection. But I also think about what you just said with like the the parent trying to live vicariously through their kid at all levels. They oh, are yeah. a reflection of who we are. But the tough part is like, we're not, that's, it shouldn't be them being who we are. It should be us allowing them to be who they are. So there's right. so much self-work as a parent that has to go in like way more, Everything. way more self-parenting than yeah. outward parenting. Way Everything. more. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a, like, I've, I've taken a lot out of today. Like this was incredible, but that's going to be something that really sticks with me forever. Is like, if, if I'm going to go out, I have to go in first and really just check in. Yeah. In the methodology that I use, you know, like I said, I don't believe that we heal our trauma. Uh, we, we integrate our, 
right? So the the most loving thing that you can do is, you know, the process that I work with, uh, you know, my clients um, through the Artists of the Soul sessions that I do um, and the workshops and the retreats that I host um, through through that is what we do is we go through the story, right? Yeah. And um, good and bad. So it's everything. It's the whole story of cool, you, cool. right? So then you can, what can happen is you can mine the story for the beauty, right? I host a final workshop. So we're going into the story, not to fix it, not to find all the bad things. We're That's going awesome. into the story to find the beauty that you're actually going to use to orchestrate and architect your life with. Um, That's cool. And you mentioned like different emotions and allowing all the emotions. Think of emotions like colors. Okay. I'm the artist of the soul, right? Emotions are colors. Imagine a painting that's just all white, right? We just want all joy all the time. It's just all white. Yeah, it doesn't no, work. There's yeah. no contrast. There's no beauty. Okay. So when you can start seeing your story, yeah. like a painting that's being unfolded before you, you can embrace the black. You can embrace the the darker colors and the light. And, and it becomes this beautiful, like, painting that all works together and yeah. then how does that knowing those things right help you to show up in your highest calling in your giftings and um not not repeating that cycle of trauma I love this parents out there we love you guys for being here um if you made it this far it means that you're really in tuning your own journey and you're just trying to be the best you possible so that motivates people like us and we love you um I hope this is giving you some inspiration like you might be in the thick of diapers and breastfeeding and exhaustion um and there's more of you in there that wants to come out and I hope I hope if listening to Shelly for nothing else you realize like it's a journey there's a path to be had here and you're just walking it so um know know that it, it will come to pass on the time it's supposed to and if you are uh focused in on a holistic um <laughs> a small holistic shop in the corner of town listen to those <laughs> listen to those, <laughs> yeah. those subliminal messages um but Shelly I think that some people might really resonate with this message and want to um, learn more about you, reach out to you, work with you. Um, are you taking people? Do you have a way that people can communicate with you if, if they desire? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the best way is just um, through social media, right? I, okay. On Facebook, I'm just Shelly Hink, um, at Shelly Hink. If you type that in, you'll find me. And then, of course, um, if you want to check out my website, it's wholesoulstudio.com. Um, and you can see my work. I have, uh, you know, deep soul sessions, artists of the soul sessions that I do. Those are one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and I am, you know, have openings for that. And then I also, um, host workshops. So if there's awesome. a, like a group of women, moms that want to host a workshop or a three-day retreat, um, virtually we do that or on location. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Great. Well, I uh, I hope our paths continue to cross. You're you're incredible. I really appreciate you taking the time to educate us um, and myself on some things that I've really thought about for a long time, and I feel a lot more clarity and empowerment going into my own parenting journey. Just one taking uh just knowing that it's okay not to be perfect and I will never be so to just stop trying and just to be just to be there for them and allow them to feel and allow me to feel through that and be okay with showing them that that you don't always have to have it together which I think yeah. was great so thank you so much for being here you're wonderful um everybody until the next time stay beautiful stay inspired thank you guys for being here see you next time yes. thanks guys